Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Building a Life and Business Together. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. I'm Stephanie Ravenscraft. And we are going to, believe it or not, Stephanie, I'm predicting right now we're going to make it all the way through the rest of Chapter 2 of The Big Leap today. Okay. Do you believe me? Sure. On a scale of 1 to 10, what do you think the possibility of us getting through the entire rest of Chapter 2 is? A four. A four? (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we have been talking about this big leap, the upper limit challenge, or the upper limit problem, as Gay Hendricks calls it. And he talks about the fact that there are four major hidden barriers. And last week we talked about hidden barrier number one, which was, do you remember off the top of your head? You're the one who had it, not me. I know. I'm trying to think of what it was. Um, it Was it... Uh, let, let me go back in my notes here. Okay. I'm. It was feeling fundamentally flawed. Oh, yeah. So we That's spent the... That's what it's called. Yeah. I the, didn't like it. <laughs> I know you didn't. Um... Yeah, that's that's funny. Because that when you said, "Do you remember what it was called?" You want to know what my first thought was? What you assume I'm retaining this information? Well, I I don't. <laughs> did you know? By the way, <laughs> did you notice I have not yet asked, nor do I plan to ask if you've read the assigned <laughs> reading for this episode. I think you should ask. I, did you read it? So let's tell people when you told me that I needed to read the entire rest of the chapter rather than just the next hidden barrier. When did I tell you this, babe? Approximately an hour and a half before this this recording. Yeah. Well, yes, I did. Yeah, awesome. So we're we had I know kind all of- about Robert and Dee and and Kenny Loggins and. Joseph and there's somebody else in there, but I forget them. Yep. Well, we'll get through most of it, I'm sure, if not all of it, because I want to. Well, wanna... what, what what do you what on a number of one to ten? What what do you think the likelihood that we'll get through this? I think we'll get to it. I think it's a full on ten. Let, all right. Yeah, well, let's so go. We're gonna do this. So we're gonna cover today hidden barrier number two. If you, by the way, if you haven't heard our conversation on hidden barrier number one, listen to episode number seven of the Building a Life and Business Together podcast at buildingalifeandbusinesstogether.com or just look for Building a Life and Business Together in your favorite podcast directory. So with that being said, hidden barrier number two, we teased that this might be the opportunity for Stephanie to talk about her abandonment issues. (laughs) I don't think we quite said it that way. No, we we did not say it that way. But it turns out that this isn't exactly what it's talking about. Correct. And I would say that I don't have this because of other people having this effect on my life. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Does that make sense? Yes, it does. And, you know, at some point, building a life and business together, um, because of this mountaintop transformational experience where you broke free from a, a lot of trauma, specifically as it well, there, there's significant amounts of trauma that mm-hmm. you've you've broken free from in your life. But uh, certainly, there is you know the sexual abuse as a child. That's something that we'll probably talk about in some future episode of this podcast, probably beyond after we finish with the big leap or something like that. But then there is also an, another, you know, this abandonment that you had as a child. 
and and a theme. And both of these things are things that you've talked about openly in the pub mm-hmm. in the past. I mean, Stephanie and I have been creating podcast content since two thousand five. We we have lots of episodes out there, but we've not talked about those two things, or you've not talked about those two things here. Correct. And that's coming up. I thought it might be this week with the title of disloyalty and abandonment, but that's not. It's not the same line of uh, inquiry, Correct. if you will. So we'll t- just stay tuned for a while. You're going to learn about Stephanie's past soon enough in in due time. Or you can email me and say, Cliff, can you tell me where I can find where a podcast find episode where she's talked about that stuff in the past? And I might send it to you because it's out there. All right. Hidden barrier number two, Stephanie, is titled Disloyalty and Abandonment. And he basically says this, it's if you have this disloyalty and abandonment barrier, the thoughts that go through your mind is, I cannot expand to my full success because it would cause me to end up all alone and I would be disloyal to my roots. And it would mean me leaving behind the people from my past. You said... I don't think I resonate with that. I mean, that, that you don't have that. Do you know anybody? Have you have 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 you ever had thoughts like this before? Had have the thoughts come up, or do you know anybody that has said, you know what, I I can't succeed like this because it would mean leaving behind. I would it would mean my disloyalty to the people who were there before. I I don't know. I have not had thoughts like this. Okay. Um. Do you understand this thought? I I understand the principle of this thought. <laughs> Do you understand how um, some people who don't have your belief system could adopt struggle with other this? People's, can, can adopt other people's labels on who they are and what they're allowed to accomplish? And yes, I do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I understand it. Um, I, I don't believe that I have... I don't believe that I, so my background has like many different conflicting um, themes. I can tell you, I grew up in a house where I was free to know my own mind and to make my own decisions. And, and it's, but at the same time, I feel like some of those had to fit within a certain expectation of what my dad's thoughts and and feelings and and expectations were does that make sense so let me see if i hear you correctly and no and knowing your dad and your scenario as much as i do what i'm hearing is your dad gave a great example for you to follow in being free to think your own thoughts and to to make your own way as long but, as they were just but, like this. <laughs> but if you want to express them in my household, they, they should fit within the guide, ro- the 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 guardrails of and and I think what yeah I think what I'm seeing from your past and see if tell me if this even resonates with you as being true. Your dad's way of seeing the world was so freaking far out there that you had wider you had a much wider lane of life for you to find your own way than people than maybe some of your cousins well yes because um you know my dad didn't um i with my dad i did not grow up going to church i found that through an aunt and uncle um so i didn't have those expectations at home those were placed on me later basically because i chose them 
but yep. that's a whole nother okay um did i choose them to please people probably did i choose them to fit in yes but but they weren't in my house they, they weren't um what i love about what you just said is pretty much almost every belief that we have w- almost all of them throughout most of our life unless we consciously said this is what i want and this is what i choose to believe we pretty much adopted all of our beliefs so that we could fit in and please people fit in and please people exactly um that's not the environment that i I did not have to fit in and please people you just in the house that i grew up in i just had to fit in and please my dad yeah and which was which was god blessed me with a mouth just like my dad's so i pushed back on those boundaries every chance i opened it <laughs> um every time i opened it so so but i could also tell you that i grew up um in in you know with a single mom and that i have this this history of abuse and that, so like i have all of these different themes and these different um experiences in my childhood that each feel very separate and um and not overlapping well because they are so let me ask you this has there ever been okay so you and i both what's up go ahead no go ahead so you and i both come from basically growing up in pretty much poverty i mean Mm -hmm. you had an experience did you say you lived in city heights right i did so well now i lived in ida spence okay well it was (laughs) ida spence when i was there was it okay it's currently now now. okay but uh ida spence is because i was there it was i was there younger than you it's it's crazy to think about the fact that you and i both lived Uh in our childhood because we're how many seven years apart oh my goodness five and a half five and a half All right, so we're five and a half years apart. So five and a half. Who are years, you aging there? You or me? <laughs> I, I'm. I'm the. I have no idea. Go ahead. I'll, go, I'll go, take go it. Ahead. So, but imagine when you are a child living in what was called Ida Spence, which basically is government housing. Yes. Uh, and and we're talking about. I don't know what it was like when you were there. When you were there, was it a dangerous place to live? It was when you so um, entering this um what do you call uh, community um you come up a steep hill yeah um at the top of the steep hill there was a little corner mart yep and right outside of the corner mart was the shell of a car that had been set on fire yes yeah so like yes it was a dangerous place to live so it was still like that when you were there yes. it might have been the same car it probably was because <laughs> i'm pretty sure no no tow truck wants to go up there and try to tow something away no they're just gonna wait for somebody to roll it down the hill so i mean we're not talking about this i mean we i have heard about the stories of the the hood in los angeles compton and stuff like that i don't think we had it that bad but I mean, people were being shot from time to time. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it just wasn't every day. I mean, it's it's it maybe once a month somebody got killed. So <laughs> I was too little to keep track. Well, but. and 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 there was a lot of shady thing shady things happening in this place. Yeah. And and what what's amazing is that imagine when when you lived there, that about five and a half years before that. I lived there, mm-hmm. and yet w- both of us 
I, you know, our uh, thankfully our paths, uh, our parents' paths allowed for our own individual experience of that to only be a season of life in early childhood, right? In such a way that, you know, it, we 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 got we we traveled pretty far from that desperate experience of life. You tracking with me so far? I am. Where I'm coming from is where, okay, so my dad, my biological dad, certainly did not thrive financially in his life and and stuff like that. Whereas my mom, when she parted away from my biological dad, um, she and my stepdad, they, they should, don't get me wrong, they had their struggles, right? Mm-hmm. But through some amazing opportunities and and stuff that opened up for my dad's path and my mom with him and you know they what they did they they built a life and business together yes they did all right um <laughs> what i think they built a business and a life together but that's just okay formalities okay well however you want i mean that's that's I'm, for them they built their life they did they built their life and and they did they they have a life together and, and hey my mom and dad are still married today they are. I they've think, been married for 43 years yeah and and they had built an incredibly powerfully successful business and they thrived financially all right um it, very very much thriving financially so what I'm saying is you and I, when we first got married, <laughs> we were anything but thriving financially. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were not living in government-assisted housing, but Barclay Ridge Apartments was not too <laughs> far away from this. <laughs> we definitely got the crime element going on. <laughs> we we did. I mean, it, it wasn't people being shot once a month, but the fire department was seemingly... But hold up, that's just down the street, so... <laughs> the fire department did seem to make a lot of stops at our apartment complex. Yeah. I don't know what was going on there. Here's what I'm... at. The reason why I bring all of this up, all right, because... Um, the whole idea of being disloyal or abandoning throughout our marriage, we, we seem to have gone down a journey journey that is almost more analogous uh, or in more similar to the path of my mom and my stepdad and who is now my, my dad because he adopted me. But um, anyway, our path was a lot of struggle financially, but we we learned, we grew, we we got involved in our own business, we grew it together. I mean, we had lots of ups and downs, but it, it's it's fair to say we, you and I, as a married couple, have incredibly thrived financially, mm-hmm. not to the level of my mom and dad yet, but. Um, in, in some ways, I'm going to make a case for maybe in some ways, yes, as much and potentially even more. Mm-hmm. Let me just make that case right now. My dad worked around the clock. My, my stepdad, my my adopted dad now, he you worked. You just call him your dad and refer dad. to Cliff as your biological, biological dad. dad. Thank you. So my dad worked around the clock all of the time. So much so that, I mean, financially successful, all this other stuff, yes. Wins all of these incentive trips around the world and stuff like this, yes. How often does he take those all-expenses-paid vacations? Almost never. I mean, it's, don't get me wrong, he did many and, and stuff like that, but but still, 
it, it it was it was a working around the clock. Now a lot of that just had to do with his personality and and just beliefs about being a work. You know, I, I'm not going to call him a workaholic. I mean, I, I uh, he's never called himself that. And I, and uh, some people just that's they that's what they know and that's what they do. And per, per, perhaps that was his dad that you know demonstrated that and for him. And so what I would say is that. If I compare the number of hours that I, let's just say in the year from 2019 through the end of 2020, all right, if I look at the number of hours that I worked each week and then the amount of income we were generating each month, if you look at the amount of return on investment for hours spent, that is a lot of thriving Mm -hmm. financially. So the question is, is do you feel or did, did you ever feel like there was any place where our success seemed out of place and we maybe ought not to exp- we ought not to enjoy it so much? And, and we can just say specifically for like my, my biological dad and and not necessarily your dad and, and your stepmom, but uh, your mom, have you ever felt in any way like kind of a little bit guilty about the fact that, you know, it's like, you know, us us achieving so much success in this area, does it feel wrong? No. Okay. And tell me, why, why not? Because I, I know some people who do experience that, I would also say no, but I have had those thoughts cross my mind. They just never held me back. I've never experienced this upper limit problem is what I'm saying, Mm -hmm. but I have had the suggestion that I should have it from people. Not my mom and dad. Right. Not any parents. No. But other people have said things not specifically are they other people that you share blood with but not your parents no not at all these are just other people who say things because that would be that would be my experience there would be other people i share blood with but not my parents okay um and and no i don't because i never i never felt guilty well okay I'll use the word guilty because that's what you just said, okay? Yeah, guilt and shame is what I'm looking for I here. have never yeah. felt guilt or shame about wanting better for us financially than what I grew up in. Okay, what, okay. what about not just wanting it, but having it? Have you ever felt no. guilt or shame about having it? No, I have it because I wanted it. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, no, I haven't. Um... Have you ever felt any guilt or shame about how easy it's come? No. Okay. Because which, which, because people <laughs> who think it is easy weren't here. I I I, I uh, well. <laughs> the funny part is, is that as soon as I said those words, <laughs> I'm like, what the heck am I thinking? Easy. <laughs> what part was easy? <laughs> well, today it seems effortless. Mm-hmm. All right. Today it seems effortless. Yeah. But sixteen years later. Yeah. However, I I got to tell you that if I knew then what I knew now, 
it could have been easy then, but I didn't know then what I knew now. Yeah. The hard part, the, the things that made getting to, to get to have this experience of life where where abundance just flows naturally and it's mm-hmm. not it's it's not about working hard and and you get paid more. The, the more you hate what you do, the more you should get paid to do it. All of that stuff. The only reason I had the, the the challenges and the difficulties and the struggles in the past is just because of what I believed about how it ought to be. Does that make sense? It does. And I will tell you, there there have been times this this whole idea of wow, um, I this the, we're you know I think we're tapping into the category of outshining as well. Here. I think we probably are. But but it still comes to disloyalty and abandonment. Let me explain to you where this came in. There was a conversation I had with a friend of mine. He was experiencing meteoric success meteoric success that does that did, did i say pronounce that correctly i have no idea but i know what you mean i mean we and, and at the same time that we were meteoric success meaning that we're, we're like we are rocket you know we're off to rockets of great success like we're not talking about a seven percent increase from year to year there are times when both he and i we're seeing not just double our what we made last year, we're sometimes seeing triple of what we made last year. And and not going all the way back. Sometimes we would go back. I don't know about him, but sometimes I'd go back a little bit because of the upper limit problem. Um, very clearly the upper limit problem. Upper limit problem number one. Yeah. Which we covered in full yep. in the last episode. Exactly. Um but we had a conversation in a mastermind group once. And he says, listen, here's one of the things that I want to make sure of. There is a lot of people that I know that got successful and it changed them. And now today they're they're kind of they're, they're like different people. They don't hang out with you me as much. And that you know that that they 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 don't hang out with the people they used to hang out with. It's it's almost as if they're too good for us or too good for this group of friends, and it's and it's really challenging because I don't think they would have ever actually gotten to where they were had it not been for this community that they've now left behind. And so, man, as I'm experiencing this success, I hope that I never do that. I hope that I never become so successful that I would change in such a way that I would distance. Well, you just spoke the words. You only, you spoke your own problem. You you spoke your own glass ceiling. Like he will never be as successful that would take him out of those relationships. Right. Well, he he spoke dis, he he spoke hidden barrier number 2 from this book word for word. I hope that I will never uh become disloyal to the original band of friends and peers. Do you peers know what I know community. about and, and and here here's here's where um do you know what I know about relationships? What do you know about rela- tell me. Inquiring minds do want to know. They come in seasons. Yeah. Some friendships are for some seasons. Every once in a while, someone will have a, con- uh, a connection that will last a lifetime. But not all of our connections are meant to last a lifetime. And that's okay. Yeah. 
uh, by the way, this this friend of mine has changed. Good. <laughs> All right. And this friend of mine does not hang out with the same community of people that he used to and and stuff like that. And and at this by the way, I, at the same time, I felt like, oh, my gosh, I so agree with you. I also don't want to change. And so there there were times when I was so remember, I told you there have been times then it's been hinted at that I also should have this yes. mindset. This uh, is what this is just one of many okay. examples. It's like, listen, oh, don't get don't let that success get to your mind before you know it. You'll start you'll start only hanging out with certain group of people and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I'm like. Uh, <laughs> I don't hang out with any groups of people, so I'm good. I'm okay. <laughs> well, there you go. That's one way to do it. Uh, I I I joke about that, but I I do have I do have friends. I do have the people that I um, breathe life into and breathe life into me. Um, and that's the way I like it. So you have never experienced this. I have. I've been told that I should experience. Oh, this. I've probably been told that I should experience it. But there are a couple of things that came to me early on. What got you to where you are may not be what it takes to get you where you need to go next. And that's not just actions, business models, and stuff like that. But it may be peer groups as well. Yeah. So, for example, um, there, there's this whole idea of the the crabs in the, the the boiling pot of water. Have you ever heard this analogy or metaphor? Yeah. And so you can put them all in a boiling, big, huge, gigantic pot of water, and one of them will start to climb out, but the other ones will pull you back into the pot. I, I think that's that's the metaphor. It's it's close enough to get the meaning of it. And it's not that these people sometimes are doing this intentionally. They're doing it in a way that's unconscious. They're like, listen, if you go out and succeed and do what you're about ready to do, uh, that that kind of scares me. Now, again, this is not something they're consciously thinking. Subconsciously, they're afraid that if you, a member of their peer group, goes out and sees experiences meteoric experience, uh, success beyond your wildest imagination and that you find a way to succeed and, and, and it takes so much less effort and energy and, and all this stuff and you find yourself creating and you become, the in their mind, the Midas touch and everything turns to gold and all this other stuff, then all of a sudden it's like, well, gosh, that just puts the light on me that all of these excuses that I have you know that where where am i why am i not doing that and and i kind of like my comfortable life as it is right now and i and i like feeling good about it and so i want you to be here and and stay down here where i am and let's just why why can't we all just be happy here don't we just have enough why would you want that it's like hmm are you sure you want that much responsibility you know, that seems to me like you're going to have to hire a team of people. Is that what you signed up for? Is that what you want to do? Why don't you just stay here? And I see this happening a lot. Have you ever seen, mm-hmm. witnessed what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. So anyway, I cannot extend, expand to my full success because it would cause me to end up all alone, disloyal to my roots. And so this is, tell the, give the story about the, the what was it? What's their name? The married couple. Oh, Robert and Dee. Tell us about Robert and Dee. So overview of the story. Um, so Robert is from Old Money, New England. 
Yep. So they're rich, wealthy people. And um, he meets D, who is from a hippie commune. Fr- was raised by a hippie, <laughs> and um, and they they fall head over heels for each other. Yep. Um, she's older than backgrounds him. don't matter. She's five years older than him. Do you want me to tell it or do you want to tell it? Go right ahead. Okay. Um. So they um they want to get married. He is finishing. Uh, his resident, right? His residency. Yeah, he's finishing his um his medical residency, and his parents ask. I don't know that they asked more than maybe they demanded that um, they wait until after he gets his first job as a physician to get married. So he finishes his residency, and they were all um excited and and celebrating, and so they ran off to Reno and got married. Was it Reno? Um and and got married, and they were so excited, and um. They call her mom right away and she's equally as excited and says, come on out. Um, We will, um, we'll throw a big party. We'll celebrate your wedding. And on the way, they pull over on the side of the road, take a blanket to the woods to celebrate their, their new marriage. And um, in celebrating, they roll into some poison oak and uh, the next day wake up and this is where he says their upper limit problem um, manifests in that she is starting to question their entire relationship where he is questioning, how did I not recognize Poison Oak? Well, duh, you were a little busy, dude. <laughs> and um, and so it had been it had been weeks and they still hadn't told his parents that they had gotten married and. They created this huge problem that was bigger than it was because when they called and told his parents that they got married, there was a little pushback. There was a little back and forth, but then they were celebrating with them and said, come out to, you know, yeah, come home and we'll throw a big reception. We'll throw a big party. So, and the, the, this, the fear here, the, how this demonstrates the hidden barrier is that his name was Robert, did you said? Yep. Say? Yep. So Robert, his it says in the book, at the insistence of his parents, you know, because they're in control of his like life. Like I said, it was a demand. <laughs> yeah, at the insistence of his parents, that they would wait to have the authorized wedding <laughs> uh, once he gets which his first job be, as which, a physician. Which had to be big and, and um, um, what's the word that I'm looking for? And appropriate for their their old money like it, it had to meet a certain standard yep and so what happened was he followed his heart he decided to create his own path to follow what he wanted his life to be in the moment and went off and got married he went his own way he was uh disloyal and had abandoned his parents expectation of what he ought to experience in life. So that's this hidden barrier. Um, in the book, Gay Hendricks says, here are two questions that you can ask to help discover if you also have this barrier. So I'm gonna ask you, Stephanie, did you ever break your family's spoken or unspoken rules to get where you are now? I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think I did either. Even even no. though my parents may or may not have believed what I believe today that allows me to, you know, work so little and earn so much, I don't I, 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 
I've been celebrated by that. My my dad's like, dude, I am so proud of what you have accomplished. This is amazing. Um, and my even my biological dad was he he mm-hmm. he, he, he like he always bragged about to everyone he knew about the success that you and I were continuing to have throughout our life. So I I never I while they may not have experienced what you and I have chosen to create for ourselves, there was never any spoken or unspoken rules handed down to us by our family that says you shouldn't experience what you're experiencing. Correct. And I also will extend this not only to my family, but I didn't even have this for my peers or some other people um, when it comes to this. Now, what I will tell you is we've been talking a lot about business success, financial success. But oh boy, oh boy, I have experienced hidden barrier number two at the biggest, most troubling level you could possibly imagine in spiritual matters. Because I have certainly broken free. Is one of our kids texting us now? Not us. Okay. Um, is I have definitely broken free from certain family members spoken and both spoken and even unspoken rules to get where I am and oh my gosh if I think about all of the many peers and loved and respected mentors and and all this other stuff um there's been a lot of of it's like man what I'm experiencing today is so liberating so freeing so awesome and and ah there's a part of me that would love to just openly freely speak about this stuff but at some level i have abandoned and 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 i have been disloyal to share a lifetime of shared beliefs don't get me wrong i i'm still not i am over it i'm i'm over it and or getting over it or progressing through go ahead it sounds like you want to say something now i just um I'm just thinking on that word disloyal. I mean, yes, you have abandoned a lifetime of beliefs, but I don't know. Well, what I'm saying is there are some people, if they hold these truths, that these beliefs that were shared, some of them are so, it's like, the, the belief system is that you cannot accept and be in relationships with somebody who would, but pursue that's, that. But that's on them. It is on them. But it does not it it, it I'm not saying that it's holding me back, but it I is know, something that I make do you do you see what I'm saying? I do, I do. There are some friends and family members that that as I pursue all of the freedom that is ex, is available to me in my spiritual journey, I sometimes find myself putting some limit of my enjoyment and joy and peace about my freedom when i know that others behind it it means that they're not able to to do this or they're not willing to do this and that this would mean that they would probably want to spend less time with me not that i would want to spend less time with them i know i i but it I, but it's not healthy for their belief system then I would question ca- if they were honestly a friend to be- to begin with. That would that would be my first question was if if they were an honest friend 
or were they just an acquaintance that you can now move on from? Well, and that, that you could ask that question of anyone and everyone. I know, and I do. I know you do, and that's why you don't struggle with this barrier. And that's why I don't struggle <laughs> with that barrier. So it, I just, um, you know, family members in the definition of, of family members, I understand you, you can't, you know, whatever. They are what they are. They, it is what it is. But, but in the definition of friends, if they can turn their back so easily, were they actually a friend? Right. Well, that, and that is a valid question to be asking. That's my, that's my question. Yeah. So. And, and what I can say is the answer is yes, even if it's only one-sided. Because for in my mind, I truly considered them to be a friend. I was loyal to them in that friendship. And I continue to be loyal to them in this friendship, even though what I am doing may seem, may sometimes seem disloyal to me, but I'm just pursuing my own freedom. I'm pursuing my own path. Gotcha. I still love them. They're still my friend, even if maybe they only had conditional love for me. Maybe. Never mind. What? Nothing. That one's going to stay inside. What? That one's going to stay inside. Why is that one going to stay inside? Just trust me, it should. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um... Hold on, I'm, I'm not past it yet. <laughs> you should, I, even if you don't say it out loud, you just need to let it go. Ooh, it's don't, gone. Don't push it back down. Yep. No, I wasn't pushing it back down. I was working through it. Was, <laughs> there you go. Is it gone? Hopping Did it over pass? that one. Yeah, you want to move on to the next barrier because we've been on this one for 40 minutes. I know. <laughs> you might have been right about how far we're going to make it through. Even Here's the second question. Even if I'm successful, did I fail to meet the expectation my parents had for me? And that's the, that's the thing. I... I even I think your mom and dad, I think your mom, my dad, biological dad, my mom and dad, I don't think there's anybody who ever put a limit in their minds of what you and I should experience. I agree. In financial success. I agree. And that's why I don't think we experience this in the financial arena. The only place that I can think that I experience hidden barrier number two has been in my spiritual freedom. And and I have been and continue to work through that with even greater ease as I do. Does that make sense? Yes. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. You ready for hidden barrier number three? <laughs> sure. All right. Believing that more success brings a bigger burden. And I never really understood this until I read it again today because I thought that bringing maybe the hidden bur- the barrier is that, man, if I become... The work is a burden. The, yeah, keeping yeah. up with the success is a burden. But that's not what this is saying. That's not. And um, I what was his name? I don't remember his name. But... Um, uh, he Well, he talked about himself having this burden. Oh, because- yeah, I skipped over him. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I read it. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. I I did read it, but um, he. I think it was all about him. Was it? Was it all? Okay, so it's I'm I'm story. mixing the two. I'm mixing the two. It it was him, and and again, this is where, um, where as children we adopt beliefs and conditions, um, of those around us, uh-huh. and so in his story, he shares that um. That as a young woman, his mom had a a small son, about five years old. Um, her husband died, 
And now she has no money, a child to feed, and unbeknownst to her, is pregnant with a second child. With him. And um, with gay. With yeah, and so. Um. So where his mother had the belief that he was a burden, he adopted that onto himself when it was never his to carry. Yeah. Absolutely. And and so and, and the thing is is I I have never experienced this. Um I I have not had that roller coaster of back and forth of being celebrated and been then also at the same time seeing a burden. Oh yeah, because his grandparents celebrated him. Yes. I do wonder, however, if at all, and maybe even not the question if at all, maybe I already know the answer, but how much I that our three kids might experience this because of my own limited mindset of scarcity when our kids were young. I both celebrated them, loved them, but boy, anytime they had a financial need, when I am struggling to pay the bills, I may have either consciously or unconsciously said things or or had emotional states of mind. There were times when I would get incredibly depressed um, when things were, were really tight and then our kids, and I know there have been many times it's like when it's like, well, you know, I don't want to, you know, it's like I hate that I have to ask for this. And so there's a number of times where I, I know our kids f- have felt like a financial burden, not to you, but to me. And that I could see how our kids could actually experience hidden barrier number three as they move forward. The, 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 is yes. Do you see this? Um, I I do. Now I can tell you that 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 one of the things from from those early times is that they had me as a roadblock to you and and things that you would say or or do. Um, and I I've asked them. Well, we've asked them before. Like, do they remember when it was really hard and there was no money and um hard financially and and they're and they really don't well they really don't but let me tell you this our oldest daughter (laughs) does not see herself as a financial burden (laughs) like hey mom i need your money so um no she does not she does not do that but um but i wonder if in the process of seeing Megan you know seeing us pay for Megan's dance and to go to New York and to go to Disney to dance and all of these um experiences that she had and you know buying new jeans and new shoes and just the different things that we've done and how that has translated to our youngest daughter who was like I need new shoes I'm like okay let's go I'm gonna buy on myself I already planned on buying on myself there you know um I need new jeans all right well let's you know just let me know now I'll get it I so here's what here's what I do I go through um because our children opened their bank accounts when they were minors I have access to them so I'll go and I'll see like what she spent on say food that for a meal that we should have you know fed her (laughs) or if she's buying clothes or whatnot and i will send her 
I would just put in her account a portion of of that money and um because she is already of a mindset that she wants to pay for herself yeah which is fine to have and and i let her have it here's something that i want to share as as a parent there are two i two thoughts that come to my mind where i may have you know, created this trauma. And some of these things can be repressed and or suppressed. Mm -hmm. So uh, repressed means that they're not remembering it because it's such an emotionally uh, hurtful thing that that they they subconsciously have chosen to not remember it. It's not that they're trying not to remember, they just don't remember. Um, but although if, as I say this, if Megan were to listen to this, she would say, oh yeah, I remember that. Uh, <laughs> and, and she may not have consciously thought tagged that it, I had tagged like, yeah. it with this, I'm a burden, although subconsciously it, it very well could be there. And so here's the time. So there was time, you know, Megan was in my office one day and she brought that, I think she had some pink lemonade and I said, hey, don't sit that around the computer and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, th- this is a time when we were struggling financially, but, you know, I was like, I, I, I had purchased this, you know, relatively new laptop, MacBook, MacBook laptop, and I'm like, you know, this is important for my work and stuff like that. And she spilt that She didn't drink. spill it on it that time. What do you mean? She didn't spill it on in your office. She spilt it on it on the kitchen island. Okay. Like later that day, like you had said, don't spill that. Oh, I won't, Dad. Oh, I won't, Dad. Oh, I won't. And then she was in the kitchen. Okay. Different glass of pink lemonade. It was her 10th birthday. Is that what it was? Yep. Yep. Well, anyway, I just know that I, looking back, I I drastically overreacted to this situation. I did not respond to it. I drastically overreacted to the situation. And I... I, I know I didn't say anything mean or hurtful to her, but the way, many of the ways that I was communicated to as a parent, I also then- As a child. As, as, yeah, as a child. Yeah. Um, I used that same kind of firm language. You need to think about this, and this is why you should listen to me. This is why, you know, blah, 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 and, and, and all of this other stuff. And I made such a big deal and it was very clear that the big deal was how expensive this was. As a matter of fact, I even said, do you know how expensive this thing is? Do you know how important this, and and all I'm saying, do you realize how much of a burden you are right now to me in this moment? I did not say those words, but do you see how that's... But that's how it can translate. Yeah. Yep. And I did the same thing with Matthew when he made a... And <laughs> I can say it today... Uh, when he made an innocent, poor choice in his childhood that cost us a significant amount of money, <laughs> twice. <laughs> Once was more than the other, right? Yeah, but you know what? I but I you know what? I I did the same thing. I reacted, and and oh my gosh, did I lay in? the guilt and shame that he should be feeling. And it's like, you must feel this guilt. Well, he really did feel that guilt because in that guilt and shame and anger, um, he broke his glasses, which then would made him a greater financial burden. (laughs) 
Oh, man. And so sometimes, I don't know if you guys have ever heard this. Sometimes it's, listen, do you do you save for college fund or do you save for, for therapy? <laughs> anyway, I, I recognize that, you know, I recognize where my hidden We're paying is. for college. Their therapy's on their own. There you go. <laughs> Anyway, I, th- th- this stuff's real stuff. These hidden barriers. It, it is. It is. All right. So feel, feeling like a burden. That's the third one. And then there's the fourth one. Uh, the crime of outshining. Which I think we kind of touched on before. Yep. Um, I don't know if I would ever call myself an outshiner. Um. And if I have been, and I probably have been, because let me tell you, I'm the oldest of eight children. You got to outshine somebody. Well, the question is, is but that there, there, I have never considered it a crime. <laughs> well, you got to ask yourself, what is outshining? And outshining means that you must be using some le- level of comparison. Yeah. And, um, and, and I just get rid of the comparison. Yeah. Um, I have. So I don't know that I have ever, I have felt outshined. Um, I have compared and wondered um, why I wasn't good enough and why I wasn't loved because I felt outshined by others. But I don't know that I have felt like felt like oh my gosh i can't experience I can't this much do this success because, because it'll make me better than so and so it'll yeah, make it'll me, make yeah. others feel bad right this is the way i must not expand to my full success because if i did it might make it might make them look bad or might make them feel bad and here is here is my belief on that is that i believe i have been gifted with a certain set of talents and a calling and a purpose in my life. And if someone feels outshined by that, feels bad by that, that's their problem, not mine. They need to, they need to examine why they feel that way. Yeah. Is that, and, and maybe that's wrong. Maybe that's selfish. I don't know. But that I'm just I'm just laying well, it out then, there. That's, and, and then the question is, being, that's what it is. is being selfish actually a bad thing? Is it? I don't think it is. Because in my mind, if I if I could re- redefine the word, or by the way, I have redefined the word selfish for myself. And that mean it, being selfish means that I am being myself. That's very I, true. I, my, being selfish means that I unapologetically am being the fullest expression of who I am. I like that definition. I will not hold back who I am to meet your expectations of who you think I ought to be. Exactly. I believe that as well. I think I believed that first, but I'll let you lay you it out there. You definitely believed it first, and I thank you for being a great inspiration in this area. You're welcome. There's a Marianne, uh, uh, Marianne Williamson quote that I love. She says, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, or fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? 
You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. Absolutely. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people will, won't feel insecure around you. We are meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not in just some of us. It's in everyone. And as we shine, right? Outshine. As we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. Yes. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Can you read that part again? As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. I love that. I do too. And this is, it's, it's not outshining. It's not. It's shine. It's just shine. Be as brilliant. Be who you are made to be. I, if people need to wear sunglasses when they're in your presence, by all means, and if they and if you want, I have. They can go to this special time a couple times out of the year or decade. Go get those eclipse glasses because I'm that bright. And <laughs> I have. I'm okay I have with it. This I have this um, this picture of McKenna when she's maybe three or four. I don't remember, but I um, she'd been in her room and. She was just playing quietly and I went back to check on her and she's laying on her bed sleeping and she has her sunglasses on. And I'm almost positive that it is one that I posted on on Twitter at the time. And it said, um, her future is so bright she sleeps in shades. Yes. <laughs> and and that is true. And I didn't know how true that was when I said it. So I think that's pretty much all I wanted to cover for this. Okay. Yeah. Now we you're sure equi- did the beat that other one to death though, didn't we? We did. Uh, now you're equipped <laughs> with the background knowledge you need for the big leap. You understand the basics of the upper limit problem, where its root structure is buried. It's now time to increase the velocity of your learning by going directly into the buzzing. Yeah. Go ahead. Keep going. Buzzing interest of your life experience. Your upper limit problem lives in the moment-by-moment interactions you have with yourself and the people around you. There is only one way to get this data, and that is to focus your keen awareness on specific aspects of your daily life. In the next chapter, I'll show you exactly where to look for those things. And that's what okay, we'll... Hold on. That, that seems different than the ending part of what... Okay. Oh, here it is. Because this is... This is um, the part that that stuck in my mind. I just need to. T- I, th- I just need to take my daily hit on gay. Okay, I predict you'll be amazed by the elegant simplicity of the keys of liberation, and doubly amazed that they have been hiding in plain sight. And I, I just, I just like plain English, please, like. You could have you could have dumped it down for me a little. That's all. <laughs> she had to get her dig in on. Gay. I had to get right. So, um, I I may be the only person that I, I will need to meet him and shake his hand because I may be the only person without an upper limit challenge or an upper limit problem. So you don't have any four of those four? No. Check you out. 
I mean, do you think I do? And I'm just not noticing no, I, this. I, I, I was, I was doing a lot of self evaluation. Like, I wasn't. Like, what are you? What I are wasn't. You getting I was there. Yeah. No. Yeah. I. You do have a pretty easygoing flow with life, which is very something I admire very much. Thank you. It, I, seriously, I, I mean that. Yeah, you I you know. seem to just flow with whatever comes and and you rise to any challenge that needs to be met. Don't get me wrong, there are sometimes you get triggered into some emotional states and stuff like that, but I do, but but, but you process it like you did earlier. I and no, I don't live there. That that that's, that's exactly it. I get triggered, but I don't get stuck and live there. Yeah. I process it, I deal with it. But for hold on, I identify it. I process it, I deal with it, and I move on. And and let me ask you this. When you do that, before you move on, do you then press it back down and say, listen, I, no, I it's can't. Gone. Or you just let it, you, you release it. Yes. Yeah, see, that that's that's what I've been learning through my, my spiritual journey and what I've been working with uh, is, is that's exactly how this works. You need to allow it to come up. You need to let it express itself right. in its full, unbridled, whatever it is the ugliness that it is and then you just need to acknowledge it and let it and, and realize it's there and process it and then what you said just, just let, just it, let go. it go yes yeah speaking of so um megan and jacob are here this week yes um for those of you who might not know megan's our oldest daughter and jacob is her boyfriend and um they're here for a friend of Megan's wedding is this weekend and she's in the wedding. So there's a lot of things that she has to do through the week, which um, left poor Jacob here last night with just me and you. Yep. And I had to um, run an errand and he went with me and um, we're walking around Target and there's a little girl in a cart with her parents and she had her tablet and um, Frozen's Let It Go. Like she was watching Frozen and Let It Go was playing and it just let it go. Let it go. Hey, real quickly before we end, I want to let people know that something that you and I have together for entrepreneurial couples is a paid mastermind group experience. We have, I have done paid mastermind groups for a very long time. Stephanie's had a, a paid mastermind group for women uh, about two or three years ago. Something like that? Something like that. But today, Stephanie and I have a group that we're doing together for, we say, entrepreneurial couples. That doesn't mean that both both partners are involved in the day-to-day operations of the business. They can be, but it's more about the idea of realizing, hmm, maybe I could use a little bit more of a... A, a concerted effort of building a business around a life rather than a life around a business. Mm. And and some, for, I, per, I perceive that there will be times when, there used to be a time when Stephanie and I would record our show called Family from the Heart while this business was being grown and we would record these other shows around TV shows. And there were times because of the way the business was going and that, that we had three small, busy children. And we had three small children, and Stephanie was busy with that, that our time behind the microphone recording podcast content was the only time we really communicated. Um, I, I mean, like week to, you know, it's like that's the one time of the week. And and I see that there might be some entrepreneurial couples where this, this once a week gathering for 90 minutes in our mastermind group might be the time they can sit down as a married couple. And sure, we could talk about business, 
but it's not all business. It, it and and it may just be the only chance you guys get to really have a meaningful dialogue with other adult human beings and and stuff like that. So, um, Stephanie, what would you say? How would you describe what we're? Because last week was our first meeting. Tonight is our second meeting of this couples group of the Next Level Mastermind. How would you describe the the feel of this the, these gatherings, the meeting so far? Even though we've only had one, I don't, I don't know. Okay, how to describe the feel because we've just had the one. Um, it was very enjoyable. I loved the the way that we set it up in um, in a format to let us get to know them better, and and vice versa, them them to get to know us. Um, I feel comfortable. Yeah. Would that be a right word? Yeah, like, comfortable yeah, and, and supportive. Authentic. It was. And the and the focus is not so much on the business as much as it is the relationship. The relationship. Would you agree the with life, that? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It's building a life. And oh, by the way, business. Oh, well, yeah, we do this too. And it is together, even if. The partner is not fully involved in day-to-day operations. It, 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 it if you, if the the relationship of this couple is deeply and profoundly impacted by a business pursuit, if there is even only one entrepreneur yes. in the relationship, does that make sense? Absolutely. So if you have a relationship with a significant other. And we're specifically not limiting this to married couples, by the way. No, no, no. But it's entrepreneurial couples. If you happen to be involved in a significant relationship and your business pursuits are being impacted and influenced in a very big way by the building of a business... We encourage you to reach out to us and, and inquire about our weekly mastermind group for entrepreneurial couples where we focus on building a life and business together. Absolutely. And the best way to do that right now, we don't have a sales page for it or anything like that. If you're the right person, you know that, that what we just said resonates with you. And if that resonates with you, all you want to do is send me an email. My email address is cliff at cliffravenscraft.com. It's real simple. Cliff at cliffravenscraft.com. Put couples mastermind in this subject line of your email. Stephanie, until next time, we encourage you to live your life on purpose. Mindset and to